Hi folks, uh, my name's Ian Gray. I am a Federation representative for G Division. So, quick update regards to, I've been trying to uh, go over this a couple of times, I've tried to do this, whether it's be uh, typing it out or whether it be uh, a video, but I've decided, so is everybody else, that I don't have a face for that. I have a face for radio or podcasts. So this is new, I'm going to try and do this. If it's not the right thing, I'm sure we'll all soon know about it. Um, if it's the right thing to do and you like it, then let us know. Um, we can maybe try and do some more of it at some point in the future as well. Uh, essentially, what I want to do is give you folk an update on uh, things that are happening within the division from a federation perspective. Um, I know some of you won't like this, and I'll, some of you will slag me off for this, but feel free to slag me at my face. I'm trying my best to keep you updated. So, uh, the West Area Committee meeting took place on Thursday there. Uh, one of the major topics of discussion that we, uh, G Division reps, brought to uh, the, the fore, shall we say, not just us, other, or, or the majority of all the other divisions around the West have the same problem when it comes to resourcing. We are aware of the issues and the staffing problems that is going on in the division. We're aware of the numbers, we're aware of the frequency, we're aware of when it's happening, and I'm, I'm sorry it's happening to you all. Um, it's not something I can fix. Um, the full-time officials are aware of it and will take that forward with the divisional commanders across the West and with the ACC responsible for the West. Um, as I said to you, I, I don't have a quick fix. I don't know where everybody's gone. I uh, appreciate right now we're at the height of, of, of another wave of COVID, um, and that's obviously playing more havoc on where we are, and we've started back with events. But that's not an excuse, obviously. And, well, as I say, I don't have an answer. What I have, what we have done is we've raised it to the full-time officials. The full-time officials will then do their thing and take that further up the tree. So um, that's where we are resourcing. And, yeah, as a frontline officer and many of the, the Fed reps, including our, your G Division reps, are on the front line, in G Division that we know because we're experiencing the same issues ourselves. Um, ambulance waiting times, another one, uh, a good discussion around ambulance waiting times. Unfortunately, we don't really have any skin in the game when it comes to that. We can raise this up, the, our, our own local management team, and have them take it up with the ambulance service, but obviously the ambulance services are su suffering a significant issue right now uh, in terms of delays. I don't have an answer to that. I don't know why it is. Obviously, COVID has a part to play in it, and hospitals and waiting times at certain hospitals in Glasgow, but it has a knock-on effect in our business. So we have raised that again. The full-time officials are aware of it. They will take that back within the force. As I said, we don't have much skin in the game to be able to change that, So, um, but we know of it. Uh, one of the major issues, and, and again, it kind of falls in resourcing, is taser. We had a good discussion about taser, taser numbers. Um, for those that don't know taser, we've got about 500 taser cops in uh, Scotland at the moment. That's spread across the entirety of Scotland. Uh, and the force is committed to training another 500 a year for the next three years. That would bring the numbers to 2,000. They'll need to train more than that because numbers will, there will be natural attrition with folk moving on to different jobs that don't require taser, and the numbers will dwindle. I believe they've already dropped and they've had to boost them back up to the 500 from where we are. Um, some folk have been waiting a very long time to be trained, <clears throat> several years. Um, but let's hope 
that we can get some more traction with some more folk being trained because we're aware that sometimes there is nobody or there are no taser trained cops available. That did lead into a discussion about the suitability for taser trained cops going to certain types of call. And supervisors, if you're aware of cops or STOs getting sent to calls that are not suitable for an STO, and we all know what these are, please raise that issue there and then. If you don't feel it's right, it's our responsibility as supervisors to raise these issues there and then. And also, if obviously you're still not happy, uh, uh, then please drop any of us an email um, and we'll look to review these things uh, or pass them into the, the full-time officials for review. But personally, I don't think we have enough taser trained cops. Personally, uh, and the Federation view on it is that we, you know, this should be a, a standard item of PPE across the board of frontline cops. So, um, I, I hope there's more than the, the, the 2,000 proposed in total. I, I want to see more. I want to see it done far quicker than three years from now. But I don't that's I don't have a say in that. And that's an operational decision for the force. But we will keep banging that drum. Obviously in the West we had shields in our vehicles. Uh, the shields have now disappeared from our vehicles. So this was a legacy thing across the across the west of the Scotland, shall we say. I don't know if Friesen Gallery had it right enough, but we used to put shields, the short public, they're very short, they're not even public order shields, in our cars and vans, but that wasn't replicated across the rest of the country. They're all way past their sale by date and hadn't been replaced. So a decision was taken to remove them from the vehicles. I personally would rather have something than nothing. However, the Federation sits now on a short-life working group with regards to a potential replacement for these shields. They are looking at a specific option that's similar to a Viking type shield, believe it or not. Um, however, again, I, I, I say with Taser, I don't think this is moving fast enough. So so we ha have asked our full-time officials to go away and see if they can and, and, and press that on a bit quicker to get a decision on whether we're going to go for that or not. And, uh, and hopefully move that along. Um, so you have to excuse me, I said that I'm new to this podcasting business, so I'm just moving down my list of things I wanted to bring up. Um, so police assaults, there was a thing in, in the media recently about police assaults and about how uh, you were more likely to be assaulted in Lanarkshire than you were, and Tayside, sorry, than you were in other parts of the country. Um, so I've done a wee bit of digging around it, it turns out that the force pulls its figures for police assaults from scope, because it's a national system, and obviously there's still got several different legacy crime management systems. You would have thought that police assault data would have come from crime management because that's where obviously they are recorded, but it's not, it's scope. So we'd previously approached the G Division senior management team about this and we had an agreement that, it, you know, CRs won't be closed without scope reference numbers for things like police assaults. So they're important because although G Division being the biggest division, we may generate a higher number in total um, than other divisions, because we've got more cops, etc. It, it will then come back to a ratio of per thousand cops as to whether or not you're more likely to be assaulted in, in Lanarkshire. And that may still be the case, you're more likely to be assaulted in Lanarkshire. But we, we need to submit all of our reports that we should be submitting for this. And I know it's cumbersome. I, I, trust me, as someone who's on the front line and does these things and has to then do these things, I, I don't want to be doing it either, but we need to spend the time to do them because it's really important because without the data, nothing's accurate. Um, so with that in mind, 
this is how it was explained to me when it comes to reporting these assaults on scope. So we used to call them injured on duty forms. So that's kind of what, what I know them as. So if you're punched in the face and you're not actually injured, it's still an injured on duty form, um, even though you're not injured. So I think they're now called a violent incident recording form or under the scope under that tab. So you've got that and you've also got a near miss form. So near misses come under various different guises, as I'm sure you're aware. We have had this discussion before about um, not having enough vehicles being a near miss to not having a piece break being a near miss over a several amount of shifts, etc. And that should continue. Um, but when it comes to police assaults, you have, for talking sake, six cops are going to detain one person, and that one person goes bang, 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 and punches four cops in the face. That's four forms that need to go on, four individual forms from each cop that's assaulted, not potentially the reporting officer, but from each cop that's punched in the face. So the person then punches, or sorry, tries to punch the last two cops, but swings and misses. Now, under Scots law, obviously, that's a police assault. Every attack directed won't be an assault. But, and here's the but, it will need to go on as a near miss on scope because it didn't actually succeed. So it's just a, it's a kind of a play in how the recording, but but it needs to go on. And that's an important thing that, that we need to get in the habit of doing this. If you go to the NHS, for instance, the NHS have a thing called Datix. And my understanding of Datix is that that's where they record all their near misses, all their incidents, mishaps, or or... or problematic incidents and nothing changes unless they have those datex forms so we need to get started using our scope forms it's not the best but you know what it's the only thing we have so let's just get more of these things on because we're 100 we're under recording them we need to do it anyway moving on um some of you know the police treatment center some of you will pay in monthly to that out your salary others don't pay in monthly to it uh, they are going to hold an amnesty so they are. So if you don't pay into the police treatment centres and you were injured on duty for talking sake, or you were injured in any way, shape or form, not necessarily on duty, and you wanted some rehab, but you can get there for a couple of weeks of the year, you would have to wait 12 months. You'd have to start paying monthly and then you'd have to wait 12 months before you're entitled to get in for rehab. They're going to hold an amnesty uh, and it's important. So you might want to look them up or police treatment centres, Castle Bray, um, which means that if you're injured, subject to medical approval, etc. you can start joining, paying in, and you will be able to work there and be seen and treated and get to stay up there and enjoy all the benefits of it pretty much straight away. Um, those that have been will know it's a fantastic facility. I previously broke my wrist in two places, had to get steel plates put in my wrist, and as a result, uh, three weeks after my operation, I was sent to Castle Brave, or I went to Castle Brave for two weeks, and by the end of the fortnight, I was playing tennis, so it really is... I don't normally play tennis. I didn't play tennis very well, but um, it really is a fantastic facility. So, moving on, some of the important stuff. Pensions update. I don't have a, a pensions update as such. They had a discussion around, uh, a joint central committee discussion around uh, pensions and up, it's called it's called skid, skate rates. Uh, and there's also a thing called GAD. I actually thought that was an Ayrshire thing for good, but it turns out it's actually a pension thing. So, I... I there's nothing specific to tell you about it. There's no updates in terms of any ongoing pension challenges or disputes, shall we say. Uh, I don't have anything to give you on that at all at the moment. So what I will say though is that only 25% of us have signed up to the SPPA, which is the Scottish Public Pensions Authority website. Very easy, Google it, SPPA. Um, from there, you can log in and register for an account whereby you can start seeing your annual, annual 
pension statements, amongst other things. Handy to know, handy to see your details are there and make sure they're correct, etc. So please uh, feel free to get that uh, done, log in SPPA and get that updated. Uh, the big one, pay deal. So at the moment, there are only two positions that exist in the force. Oh, sorry, not in the force, but exist with, with our current pay deal. We, we went from, uh, used to be October to October, to April to April to align with the financial year. Um, our last deal was just shy of it, it was about an 18-month deal. So this has been ongoing now prior to April um, in terms of our pay deal. Uh, what happens is the police, the Federation, put forward a claim to what's known as the staff side. As, um, sorry, we are the staff side, so we put forward a claim to the official side, and the official side will then respond. So what, what's happened is basically the Federation have put forward our side and our claim, and the official side have came back with the standard government um, offer of 1%, because that's public sector pay policy at the moment. Um, we are obviously in talks about that, and negotiations continue. So I don't have a specific update other than that's where it is. Will we know anything in the next month? Probably not, though. Um, thereafter, I don't have a crystal ball, but it's still ongoing, and they have started work for next year as well. So that's where we are with it. Hopefully we know something more soon, um, and hopefully it's more than 1%, and that's not me preparing you for 1%, but let us I, I don't have a crystal ball. So please, folks, uh, bear with us. They're working hard on it. I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, nearly there, Oxalone, uh, for those that went to Cornwall. Uh, so good news, an inspector's bonus payment has been agreed for that. That will come winging its way to you shortly, inspectors. Um, so cops that were there, there's obviously issues around payments still haven't been made in overtime claims. We believe the Federation has emailed every cop that went there to provide basically it was a link to a form to provide the details of the shifts that you worked so that they can then find out what you should have been entitled to. But there's been a very low response to this. So let me just put it plain and simple. In order to get this done and get this moving and get this paid, please take time to fill in that form that the Federation have sent you so that the full-time officials from the top of the Federation executive can go to the force and we can work out what the entitlements are and get that finished and done because we shouldn't still be discussing this in September. Please take the time do these forums for yourself, right? So that we can get this paid. Um, when it comes to doing forums, oh, sorry, before I move on from cops and doing forums and, and pressing upon that again about more forums, those cops that have had rest days put into their banks, if you've used them, I'm sorry, we can't do anything about that. If you've not used them, don't, because there, there could be there's obviously discussions about whether they're for payment or not. And once you've done that forum, don't use the don't use the rest days. Then they can then look at what happens with the payment instead of that. But the, you need to fill the form in. There's obviously so many folk. I can't answer individual questions, but please get the forms in. Let's get that done. So I was talking about forms and, and inspectors' payments there and pay deals. And obviously, I think it's not lost in anybody. The inspectors are putting in a lot of hours, or some inspectors are putting in a lot of hours. Um, and have a lot of extra responsibility. Some inspectors were selected to complete so a sort of a working time thing whereby you're recording what you're doing over and above your normal working day. Again, there's been a low response to that, but as simply put, if we don't respond to this and we don't acknowledge this and give the details, then how can the Federation go and claim that you guys are doing anything other than, other than what we 
other than what we want, and I'm kind of waffling here. So, inspectors do the forms that way. The federation are in a stronger position to argue a better case for an increased salary for talking sake for inspectors. I'm not saying it's going to happen right here and now, but in order to provide evidence that inspectors are doing these things, inspectors, you need to tell us not just for your own benefit now, but for those that come behind you further down the line. So. Um, sorry about that, because someone just came into my house here and started shouting about that's me, I'm in your house. So anyway, um, lastly, COP26, the biggie. So I was going to start there about scoping and about how I'd heard that potentially we should be talking about scoping by the end of next week, it should be done. I have just seen emails coming in for one of my cops who is public order trained, and that is him now being scoped just now for his duties for COP26. So he is now being scoped. So there's now, the shifts are now going out there. Thankfully, we've got there in the end. So um, keep your eye out. If you are in a work plan, be aware you cannot be forced to change your shifts. You can be asked to change your shifts, but you can't be forced. And that's an important thing because um, because of the timescales involved now, folk might not be able to organise the care and responsibilities that they have or, or for the reason why they're on a work plan. You might not be able to fix that now. So um, be aware that that's a conversation to have with your line manager once your scoping comes through. So, well, there are different workforce agreements, obviously, COP26, those that are going to work in Urban and those that stay in division. Those that stay in division will be doing the standard workforce agreement with the standard working day of 7am. Those going to COP26. So, there was mention in the COP26 workforce agreement about a start time of 5am. So, effectively, we can start any time between um, 5am and I think it's 10am in terms of the force working day starting. So, the force will tell you what your working day is. So, for instance, your scope to start 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., then the force will tell you that your working day is 8 a.m., and that will continue throughout the rest of the operation. So, be aware that you everybody's situation will be different, but if you're 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 5 a.m., for talking sake, then that will be your start, that will be your working time or your force working day for you or the duration of that event. Okay? Hope that makes sense, but like I said, everybody's situation is going to be different. So, I'm saying a quick look we'll stop to here. Overnight allowance, those going to Urham and staying away in a hotel, £60 a night overnight allowance is a kind of, it's around about £60 a night is what you get for overnight allowance. So, we don't know yet whether you'll be held in reserve. If you're held in reserve, you're entitled to another further payment. Um, and then, again, there's a further payment if your accommodation is substandard and doesn't meet the minimum requirements, i.e. you're having to share a room or you don't have hot room water and towels and bed linen and stuff like that. So minimum, so there's a minimum standard. I'm absolutely sure that we're going to meet the minimum standard with my rose tinted glasses on. I'm sure we're going to do it. Um, held in reserve, I don't know. I can't tell you because I don't know who's been held in reserve. Um, but you should be getting told if you're held in reserve. And if you're not told you're held in reserve, then you're not held in reserve, in which case you're, you're entitled to £60 a night for an overnight allowance. So again, with this, your working day is eight-hour days under the COP26 workforce agreement, not for those at Division. So workforce agreement, COP26, eight-hour working days with four hours overtime, all right? So it's a 12-hour day. You, For those that are not public order, not staying in hotels, you should live no more than 30 minutes from what will be the transport hub. So you report to the transport hub and you'll get bussed to your staging post where I believe you'll be fed, etc., and then you'll be out on doing whatever your duties are. Those at Division will have to pick up the pieces, obviously, and we are aware Obviously, staffing is short just now, and we don't want to see that being even worse. Um, we have spoke to the division, the division they've engaged with us in terms of, of this 
uh, uh, who's been left behind. So we are, and we are, we will be keeping an eye on what's going on um, for those that are left behind. I think there will be a long shift. There will be overtime as well for those left behind. I'm also told that no matter whether you're working Arum or whether you're staying at Division, you will, uh, or if your rest days are cancelled, even with more than 28 days notice, the force don't want that. So this is an, uh, you know this is not an agreed position yet, but the force don't want you to have hundreds of rest days in your bank as a result of COP26, whether you're at Division or at Arum. So the chances are they may be for payment. But I don't have that in black and white yet. I'm just putting that out there just now. They don't want that. So also by the same token, as I said, the engagement of the division, there will still be standard events going on amongst this. You know, there will be our events and, and the funded events will likely be, it will be overtime that, that has to be for these again because they just don't have the resilience at the moment to be able to uh, to, to staff these things from, from what we have. So sorry, guy, whistle stop tour, 21 minutes. If this is a good thing and you like it, let me know. Um, if it's not, and it's rubbish, then we prefer a typed update, then let me know, I can type it up, it's actually probably easier to type it up, because this is, must be about take four of trying to get this right, even though it's not right, I'm not scripting it, I'm just doing this, I've got some notes about what I want to tell you, and I'm kind of giving you off the top of my head. So I am not the oracle of all things policing, there are many, many more folk that know much more about things than me. If some of you out there have a specific topic you want to discuss, then you know this maybe is a good forum to be able to start doing it, or, or be able to educate other cops on what your specific specialist subject area is, perhaps. So, anyway, right, I'm away now, so thank you for listening, folks. I hope I haven't put you to sleep. I should probably put a warning on that before you started driving in the car. Um, but, yeah, thank you. <laughs>